Frequency is for open-minded thinkers, for observers who are hopelessly curious, for experiencers of the mysterious, and for those who are passionate about perceiving the unknown. I will be sharing with you all my own exceptional experiences and other extraordinary constructs that exist in our reality. Welcome to Access Elysium. What's up and welcome to all of you beautiful souls out there. I am your host, Amber O'Dell, and this is the Access Elysium podcast. So have you ever been sitting at your dining room table and it suddenly started to levitate in front of your eyes? If so, you have experienced a paranormal phenomena. So coming up on the show today, we're going to dive into the skull experiment from the 1990s, a group of spirit communicators from the other side called the spirit team, and my own personal and super amazing paranormal experiences with spirit. So what the fuck is the skull experiment? (laughs) This one is one of my favorites. I've been talking about it for a while in the bonus episodes with Nikki in our conversations, and I (laughs) finally took the time to go back and find this documentary. Okay, the documentary is called The Afterlife Investigations, and it's a documentary about the breakthrough in scientific evidence for the afterlife. We're talking real evidence, not like ghost hunters. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I I love those shows. I'm, I'm in for it. I'm on board. I want to see where all these cool fucking places they go to. Uh, But this is very different. So some of the best evidence of life after death ever was produced for this documentary. So they have thousands of hours of documentation of communication with the afterlife. So it it starts in the mid 1990s in a small English village named Skull. That's where we get the whole skull experiment name from. Uh, Not like skull as in your head. (laughs) S-C-O-L-E, skull. It's a little tiny village. Uh, And it took place in the cellar of this residential house there. So for five years, twice a week, they would meet in the cellar to conduct their seances of communication. Hmm, This sounds awesome. Can I be a part of one of these (laughs) groups? What kind of weird fun people want to have me come along to be in their skull experiment? Okay, I'm ready. Ready? So they called this location the skull hole. I love this. (laughs) Oh my God, this is so great. They would go into trance and the voices of the dead would speak through them. But the whole skull... (laughs) <laughs> the whole skull, the the skull group went much further than just using mediumship for communication. There's so much stuff in this documentary. Like, it's fucking unbelievable that more people haven't seen this and talked about it. Uh, they had spirit hands that would appear. You could see hands and they would touch you. Objects would appear and disappear in front of everybody. Tables and objects were levitating and floating across the room. Like miracles that could not be explained by modern science 
were happening constantly in these seances. Okay, so this was their plan with all of this was to create proof of life after death. This is what they wanted to do. So um, the people that got together to do all of this, there was a group, Robin Foy, oh my gosh, I hope I say this right, Sandra Foy, Diana Bennett, and Alan Bennett. So um, they kind of were the core group for the skull experiment that lasted for over five years. So yep, these two couples, Um, they did some of the coolest shit. Okay, so this was the proof that they were looking for that life goes on after death. The spirit team was a group of individuals that had lived a life before on this earth uh, that were communicating with them. And some of them also in the spirit team claimed to be scientists and that they were working together to create proof of communication for this group. Okay, are you following me? So the dead people are called the spirit team, and they're a group of people, including scientists, that are trying to create proof for us, alive people, that they're talking to us and can communicate. I would be on both teams. (laughs) Sign me up, coach. Okay, so... Some of the really awesome shit that would start to happen was, okay, photography was a main source of their documentation where they used film cameras. Okay, this is the 90s. This is not the digital age. This was really hard to fake a lot of shit back then. Whereas you you see a a photo or a video now, you have to question as to whether it's been processed, edited, you know, back then, much harder to do. So they used film cameras that were placed in the seance room in total darkness, and that would start floating about the room, snapping photos. Okay, if you know anything about film cameras, here's the photographer speaking, you don't just click, 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 click. No, you click the button, you crank that sucker back and you rotate the film and then you can take the next photo. So this camera is floating around the room, snapping and cranking and snapping and cranking photos in complete darkness around them. You, I would think that there would be no images produced on a completely black room. But when they got the film that was developed, these amazing images were on all the photos. Like, crazy, crazy images. Photos of blown up buses, photos of people and their faces, photos of different locations like churches and boats. Like some of this film contained human faces in various stages of formation. So they were told by the spirit team, the dead people, that they were catching glimpses of deceased people from the other side. Okay, so the dead people are taking photos of their other dead friends. (laughs) And then they're sending it through this film to the alive people so that they can see their dead friends. (laughs) This is fucking awesome. Okay, so then the spirit team, the dead people, asked them to place a 35 millimeter Polaroid film in its original container, just the film, not the camera. 
the dead people said, just put this 35 millimeter in here. We'll take care of the rest. So they just placed the film in there in its original packaging and container. And when they go to develop it after these seances, images, faces, and now written communications are on the film. This is so awesome. Okay, so to prove that it was not a hoax, some of the scientists that were present brought their own film in, in its original containers. They signed them before everything and bringing them into the seance and then were later developed with miraculous images and writings. Like this stuff that everybody should be hearing about so that we know that all of these amazing, impossible, unlikely things are actually happening all the time. And there is proof of them. Everybody's always like, where's the proof? Where's the proof? Sometimes it's really hard to present proof to anybody because sometimes it's just an experience. How do you prove an experience unless you were there and it happened to you? Here it is. So, I'm just fascinated by this. So they would take this film that the scientists brought in and one of the images was handwriting in Latin that was translated to say, reflecting clearly into the earth and into the planets. (laughs) What? This? Okay, I don't, maybe I need to learn Latin. If they're talking specifically about the earth and the planets, this is how it foreshadows into the skull experiment, realizing that they're speaking to other scientists. So the dead people on the spirit team came forward and stated that some of them had previously been scientists in the past life. So, so they wanted to speak directly to the other scientists that were in the group there so they could corroborate their findings. Oh my gosh, so amazing. Now, some of the transcribed writings were over four feet in length with various words, symbols, and messages in German, Greek, Chinese, Hebrew, Latin, and Sanskrit. Uh, what? The school experiment then traveled to Italy to meet with a rare medium by the name of Marcello Bacci. I think it's Bacci. Like Bacci Ball. Bacci. Um, and he would amaze his visitors by using his antique vacuum tube radio. Old ass radio. That's what that means. Okay. They wanted to see if they could communicate with the spirit team with his old radio. And they were so successful that it was as if they were having a complete conversation back and forth for hours with these people. They have tested his radio communications with a voice print analysis software program used by the FBI. They can match a voice to any recorded communication and be able to confirm that it's the same voice or not. So they were able to cross-reference a video recording of a young woman who had recently passed to the recording of her through the radio after her death, and they were able to match it 97% confirmation. (laughs) This is 
fucking amazing. Okay, they've even tested Bachi's radio by putting it inside a special device that shields it from all radio signals. And still, (laughs) the voices come through. Okay, they're continuing on. At one point, the radio was completely shut off. Like, boop, done. And the voices continue to come through. Then the third thing was they completely took out all the tubes and the valves inside the radio to cut all connections and still the voices were coming through. It was like an empty box talking to them. Uh, we, I, I'm going to look this up. So, okay, this bocce guy looked pretty old, like back when they did this. So I'm not sure if he would be alive today, but if he's not... I am assuming, oh, you know what, though? I'm assuming that the radio is still around. But what they did say specifically was that this bocce guy was kind of like the energy essence of the radio. This stuff would only happen when he was around. It's not like he was the only one communicating to the radio. Everybody was coming up and talking to the radio, but it would not work unless they were in the presence of him. Mm. So I wonder if somebody else was passed down with this amazing ability. I'm going to look into it. But so they came together and worked together in the skull hall for over a year, twice a week, before they actually started to produce significant experiences. So in the beginning, you know, it took some time. Think of the commitment twice a week for a year before you started getting significant experiences. Some people get like super (laughs) discouraged when they don't have results within like a couple weeks. And if we would have been like, you know, just 48 more weeks of this and you'll be good. Super awesome commitment. So by 1995, they were able to produce a plethora of phenomena. The spirit team told them to place a glass dome on their table at this point. They could then store energy inside this dome and it could be seen radiating outside of the dome by different testings. So they allowed a group of scientists and scholars to come in because at this point, they knew that they couldn't, people couldn't just go off of their word. Um, they couldn't just go off of the witnesses of random people being in there. They needed actual high-ranking scholars and scientists of their time to come in and confirm these experiences and to be able to debunk the chance of fraud for anything that they were doing. So they would check their rooms before um, and after each one of the sessions, everyone was checked and not allowed to bring anything inside. Like everyone was frisked. Uh, they were all locked in the cellar with only one entrance during the seances. It was all very heavily guarded and secured before and after to make sure that they had, you know, your control group uh, before going in like most scientists do. So after everything started to be heightened and they bring these scientists in. This is what started happening inside of the skull hull. So they could see colored lights floating in the room now. These lights were manifesting and appearing in front of them. These lights were floating around and they were changing shape and form. They had different speeds to them. Um, If you were touched by one in the room, you could feel it. Like it was 
amazing what these little lights were doing. You Then they could start to hear voices that were speaking to them coming from all different angles of the rooms, like from the ceiling, the floor. The scientists brought in could have full-on conversations with the deceased scientists from the spirit team about things like astronomy and the planets. So these were confirmations that they were not just communicating with, you know, your average person. These were people who had lots of training and lots of scholarly knowledge on astronomy. So the lights were just appearing and could be felt by the skin if they landed on you. You could see them and feel them. They could bounce off the tables and create a sound while doing so, kind of like little ping pong balls. (laughs) They could move through people and your bodies. Some of them would um, go inside your body and hunt around for ailments. And then people said that they could feel them moving around in there. And then when they exited the body that they had all kinds of these healing like induced experiences where their pain would go away and their like this one lady's knee she had complete mobility of it afterwards um that's amazing so soon the witnesses started seeing objects like real tangible objects now we're talking like coins spoons jewelry figurines newspapers appearing out of thin air during these seances like <laughs> there's nothing and now boop there's a newspaper uh they called these um apports which is an object that is obviously solid that has teleported through solid walls, doors, tables, ceilings, and into the room during these investigations. So I fucking love this. In total, they had more than 80 apports appear from these investigations. 80 different objects appeared out of nowhere into this room. So as all of them would materialize on the table, they would all make a banging sound once they were fully formed. Every single item, no matter how small or how big or how light, every single one of them would have this banging noise. And at first skeptics wanted to assume that that was just each object being like thrown into the air and then landing on the table and that everybody assumed that it was just always, you know, just somebody had slipped something in there. But no, everyone was extremely searched before entering the room. You cannot, (laughs) you cannot slip in a newspaper, especially the ones that were coming through and appearing because these newspapers were even more interesting since they were in pristine print and condition from the 1940s. Um, we're talking 1990s. So these, these newspapers were from 50 years ago in pristine, perfect condition, not rolled up in somebody's shoe. <laughs> they also contained the articles about the spirits who were coming through on the spirit team. One time, okay, let me just give you an idea of what this spirit team is, okay? It's not like the two couples that are coming through, they were hundreds of spirits coming through as this team to work together to try to create proof of communication 
with them. So one of them was a spirit who was on the front page of this newspaper that manifested and appeared to them. A medium by the name of Helen Duncan, who was arrested and imprisoned for practicing mediumship. Uh, she was uh, not very happy <laughs> with how she was treated due to her ability to communicate with the dead. It was on the front page proclaiming her trial and her conviction. And they even had the newspaper analyzed and it was proven that it was printed on a letterpress that had gone out of style since the 1970s and the chemicals used in the print were confirmed to be used during the world war printing presses of the time this was not a fake this was of the medium the dead medium who was communicating with the live mediums about her death this is like my favorite <laughs> story right now. I'm so excited that I finally dove in to try and talk more about the skull experiment. Okay, so now the aim of this was to produce not just one tangible item, but a huge number of variety of scientists that would have to sit up and take notice to all of these tangible items that were coming through as proof of communication of life after death. In fact, it was not long before um, a variety of scientists, including, you know, e experienced researchers into the unknown, became interested in this phenomena being produced and were on board with everything. Uh, they, the school group was actually very, very happy that these scientists came along with all of their skepticism and all of their scrutiny to try to prove to them that this was real. Uh, so the group traveled widely, taking their experiment sessions to many places worldwide. Their work was conducted in a number of international locations. So obviously, Italy, we talked about that, Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, Spain, Switzerland, and the USA. So here, investigators assessed and reviewed the work, including, you know, all these words and doctors' names that, nope, can't pronounce none of those. All the doctors, that's what they are. So among the investigating team were electrical engineers, astrophysicists, criminologists, psychologists, mathematicians. Uh, they were most interested in the photographic films because... The time and the method of these production of films could be completely controlled. So it was, like I said, so much easier. But they were still completely amazed at the images that were coming through on this film. So, I mean, they went to the point where they took these precautions, including, you know, bringing their own film, putting them in a padlocked box for the duration of the session. Yet, Again and again, every single time, images appeared on the films. And now they were slightly different because the messages were clues to different puzzles that the investigators were invited to solve. <laughs> like a game? Oh my gosh, I'm in. Later, even more amazing images were received on videotapes. Okay, they get into videotapes and messages transmitted onto audio tapes from that. <sighs> this is so great. Okay, are you ready for this? 
So Project Alice was the name of the video investigations done by the Skull Experiment. Alice through the looking glass Alice. So Alice in Wonderland, Alice, of course. I mean, isn't that how it always is? We got the Matrix with references to Alice in Wonderland. Now we've got Project Alice from the Skull Experiment. I think, I think maybe I might have to do an Alice in Wonderland episode. I feel it coming on. But instructions were given to the group by the spirit team on where to position their cameras and a pair of mirrors that could then only view its own viewfinder. So if I can kind of give you a visual, the camera is pointed at a mirror that is angled to then point at another mirror that is angled so that you can only see through your own viewfinder in this camera. So nothing remarkable was seen at all while the recordings were happening. But when they played back the video, they could see all of these amazing shapes, planet looking objects, like they were like these circular looking planets. That's what it looked like to me. Um, They had faces, doorways, tunnels. They had this one... It looked like a dude with these giant eyes that were moving back and forth. It looked fucking crazy. The most incredible in my eyes is the figure of what looks like a white alien face looking back at you. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. It looks like your typical kind of white gray alien. The head with the oblong shaped big black eyes looking back at you. So the video was very carefully brought in by its original container again, signed and immediately viewed after the sessions by the scientist, just the same as the film. So with video investigations, they also used night vision to capture um, the apports of flower petals falling out of thin air onto the witnesses. Okay, (laughs) once they turned on the lights, they could see large piles of petals everywhere, along with these long stemmed flowers and red roses and white roses. (laughs) Like you can't just hide those things coming into these places. They were very thoroughly, properly searching everyone and setting the scene. One woman said that a red rose manifested into her hand during the session. One of the witnesses said that during some of these sessions, (laughs) this sounds amazing, that he saw full body materialization of his deceased mother, his deceased father, and his deceased sister, whom he could fully communicate with touch and embrace during these sessions. He said it became (laughs) like a thing that would happen every time he would communicate with them that it became very normal for him to do these things with his deceased family. Like, when can I get involved in this kind of stuff? Do we still have these kinds of investigations going on? Who is in charge here? How do I sign up? (laughs) 
So in some of the investigations, some of the lights were floating around the room and these lights begin to form into human faces. And then a voice would speak from this now present face that was communicating with you and floating around the room. Now the face itself was much smaller than the normal sized head of a human, but um, within the visible light that they could see in this ball of light that had a face in it now, uh, they could see the eyes, the nose, and the mouth, like blinking, moving around, and speaking. They, they looked like angelic forms, is what they said. And they would always have amazing and uplifting experiences of the feeling of complete love during these sessions. These sessions were very positive, very influencing of love and caring and healing. That is my favorite part of all of this. So the group would also use a cassette recorder to capture voice communication with the spirit team. They used a very basic cassette recorder (laughs) for all of you. who never had a cassette recorder because you're so young, well, you missed out. Um, Scientists even removed the microphone from the cassette recorder so that it could not pick up on any sound around it. And when they played it back, it was full of complete conversations. One of the first voices was heard saying this very specific quote. They said, this is the dead spirit team peoples. Is this the skull experiment group experimenting with the audio equipment? This is a historic moment. End quote. Okay, this is what is coming out of the cassettes. I've had some really weird EVP experiences, nothing along the levels of this. For them to ask them if this was the school experiment group and specific to their audio equipment and it being a historic moment, I'm just in awe of all of this. So the spirit team also suggested to the scientists how to improve their audio experiments. So not only are they communicating, (laughs) but they're like, listen here, you need to up your game a little bit. We're going to help you um, get a little better at what you're trying to do here. So they told them how to create a device that would boost communications via the tape recorder between the worlds. But the information arrived in a very strange way. You don't say, okay, so spirit will always come in a very weird, strange way. Usually, they're not just like, hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? What do you want to talk about? Let me give you some answers. Uh, Normally, they're like, we're going to play a little game, and you're not going to know what's going on, and we're going to tell you shit that you won't figure out for 10 years. (laughs) But at least sometimes that's how it happens for me. But so they were told how to put this tape recorder together. So there were images and written messages on their camera film, along with initials of the spirit that was giving them the information. Okay, 
So the information was coming through on camera film. And when they would pull this long reel of film out, there was this long strip of like drawings and images and wording of how to recreate this device. And at the end of the film, the scientist from the spirit team of dead people signed his initials. So uh, after handwriting analysis was done on this, they were able to confirm that the initials were those of the Thomas Edison, who was providing the information. His signature was almost identical of those of his work while he was alive. Now, Thomas Edison was not only the world's most famous inventor, he was also very interested in the possibility of an afterlife. Like, that was kind of his jam. So it only makes sense that his invention of communicating with the afterworld uh, made headlines across the world while he was alive, but was unfortunately never finished before he died. So is it possible that through the skull experiment, he was able to achieve his invention? I love this. Okay, so these things, <laughs> they're like so extraordinary that people who are not there to witness them can only assume that there has to be some level of deceit going on when ex <laughs> when. In fact, it's exactly the, the opposite. Uh, they even invited a member of the Magic Circle of Britain who uh, was a professional magician for over 40 years. They are very qualified to detect a hoax. He also stated that no magician he knew, including himself, could ever reproduce the experiences that were happening in the school experiment. So in 1999, they finally published their findings and conclusions in the school report conclusions. If you take all of the phenomena, the possibility of faking it was concluded by the chief investigators to be next to impossible. Some of the most successful sessions were actually conducted in the USA in a Hollywood, California home. So they kind of gathered up oh, about 30 different people over a few weeks, I believe, when they were visiting um, this home. And what they witnessed were lights were bouncing all over the room. The table in the center of the room began levitating, turned itself onto its side, and was rapidly spinning like a pinwheel. Now, you have to remember, most of these sessions are done in the dark or in almost dark. So sometimes what they'll do is they will put glow-in-the-dark wristbands on people so they can kind of keep an eye on them so people know where everybody is and they know how they, they can't hoax it. Well, this is what they did with this table. So that is how they were able to see this table lift off the ground, start spinning, turn on its side, and spin so fast that it looked like a pinwheel in the wind. Ah, okay, also a hand appeared in front of all of them. Just, you know, the Adams family hand <laughs> there to hang out. And then voices were projecting from all over the room, including the raptors above and the floorboards from below. All of the visitors that attended this session said it changed their lives forever. 
one woman who was completely healed of her cancer at her three-week checkup um, right after this session also concluded that the lights that entered her body healed her of her cancer. So many things (laughs) are running through my mind right now. One of my favorite quotes, though, that I saw from the spirit team that was captured on audio said this, death is a passage. And this is where I would really like to kind of turn a corner because death is a big topic that I'm going to get into. I'm going to do a whole episode on death because I feel it's necessary to include all these cool things about death. People are so freaked out about death and they have all these, I don't know, like fears about it. And I have no fears of death. I don't. I'm not afraid of it. Um, like, um, I hate to say it, but I'm super pumped to to die and see what's going on there. I am so curious. I'm not afraid at all. I'm not worried about going to some hell or whatever. Now, that doesn't mean that it probably doesn't exist for some people. It does not exist for me because I'm a good person. So, but death is a passage. It's not something that stops. Nothing stops. Okay. Now I get it. When somebody passes away, who is in your core group, that changes everything in your life. Um, If it's a, you know, a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, a husband, a wife, a God forbid child. um, When those people die, there is this complete absence of them immediately. And it's sad. It is so sad. We mourn that they are no longer physically with us. But death is not an ending. It's a beginning and it's nothing stops. So the question of this whole experiment is, is there an afterlife? And the answer is absolutely yes. But here's how I want to expand on that. Not only is there life right now that we're in, but there's an afterlife that comes after us. And there was a before life that came before us. Now, before lives are very interesting. And life itself is so strange when you have to view it from the third dimension, because in the third dimension, we see time very differently. We pretend it's like linear and it goes from one point to the next when that's not the case at all. Life and time are like water. You are floating and moving in all these directions all the time. There's no linear line. There's no beginning and end. Um, It's just a passage of where you are going and where you've come from. So death is a passage. It's never the end. Your life wasn't even the beginning. It's just a continuation of being in existence. Did I get too crazy? Well, let's see here. 
Now, I should probably clear one little thing up. So I am in no hurry to die. Okay, like I am having a great time here. Um, yeah, there's ups and downs and, and great things and shitty things. But I'm gonna try to hang out here for as long as I am capable of enjoying this life. So if that is for another 10 years or another 500 years, I am down. But then when it's time for me to move on to the next experience past this one, I am a-okay with that. Okay, people, there's, <laughs> there's my disclosure on death. So they also get into a little bit of psychokinesis in the school experiments. Okay. What the fuck is psychokinesis? This is awesome. Okay, this is super human uh, Marvel shit right here. This is the physical effects of the human consciousness on physical objects and matter. It's moving shit with your mind. Uh, there is a lot and I mean an enormous amount of evidence of psychokinesis in lab settings. They know this shit is real. This is where we get to finally talk about Nina Kalajina. I don't know how to say <laughs> But this is the Russian chick that I've talked about before who was able to perform her psychokinesis abilities in front of a group of scientists in a laboratory setting. They found a weird chick who could do cool shit and they did experiments with her. See, I would have totally done this. I would have stranger things some shit up as long as they didn't lock me away and <laughs> label me as uh, mentally insane, but okay. All of the researchers that were present with Nina's laboratory setting experiments were convinced that she was able to move objects solely with her mind. Okay, so now we have this mind over matter concept that's in question here when it comes to, is it the minds of the mediums? that are manifesting this phenomena, or is it the minds of the spirit team producing the experiences? So their conclusion is that the likelihood of the minds of the living that were able to create all of this evidence is very slim due to like, I don't know, the fact that they don't speak Hebrew and Chinese and like there's minimal knowledge and capabilities of the members in this group to be able to do this kind of thing. It is very much more likely that it is the minds of the spirit teams of the non-living that are creating these psychokinesis experiences onto our film onto the audio, onto the video, into the air, into your visuals manifesting in front of you. But there's this skepticism side, which I get it, you, you do need skepticism to a certain extent because you can't believe everything um, without any kind of investigating. I get that. The skepticism comes from those though who have decided that science and the basis of science is in the entirety of being able to reproduce uh, an experiment to show the outcome. And in these situations, 
it is very difficult to duplicate an experience like that. So they feel like the mind and the body and the brain and the receptors and everything that's happening here in the physical world, you know, is here only. And then once it's done, it's done. And I don't understand this type of thinking only, not only, um, one reason specifically is how the fuck did you even get here? Hmm? Like, where did you come from? I mean, you didn't just pop into this body with that brain and this consciousness. No, you came from somewhere to get here. And then when you're done with here, you're going to go somewhere else. This right here is not the only indefinite thing. This is just the moment that you're in and in this capability of existing. <laughs> there is nev- There would never be a you here if there wasn't a you before here and there wasn't a you after here. If there wasn't the before and the after, then maybe you wouldn't be here. But you couldn't be here without the before and the after. Now, don't fucking quote me. (laughs) Because do we really know anything for sure? I mean, there's only a few things I know for sure. And that is love is the most powerful and important thing in your life. And if you have that in your heart, you're doing better than everybody else. And then everything else falls into place. And that almost nothing is impossible. So if you can think it, it's manifested somewhere in the consciousness of existence and is now existing, which is us right here, right now. And there's going to be an afterlife and then there's going to be a before life and then there's going to be another life if you want it and another afterlife and maybe another before life and another life and you can decide what you want to do. You can decide if you believe in any of this shit. If you don't believe in any of this shit, that's cool too. I am not mad at you. (laughs) This is very hard concepts to grasp. I get it. Creepy shit that we don't understand gives us the sometimes, but that's kind of the things that I'm always looking for. I love the ills. It makes you expand your understanding of what the fuck is really going on here. I don't know, but I'm in it to win it. But if you are interested in learning more about the skull experiment, first, I would check out the Afterlife Investigations documentary. Uh, Right now, who the fuck knew that you could watch shit on Pinterest? Okay, I found the link on Pinterest that sends you to where you can watch the full documentary for free. Um, But you can get it on all kinds of different streaming platforms. The Skull Experiment book, uh, Scientific Evidence for Life After Death, by Grant and Jane Solomon. There was a magazine article, which was probably forever ago, in the Sunday Times magazine. There is an official Skull Report If you are a sciencey kind of person and you want to read up on the actual findings of the investigations, these are all really great places that you can look into more of the skull experiment and the afterlife investigations. 
Okay, so let's get into my own personal experiences with spirit. Where do I begin with there? Um, there's a lot of them. And some of them are just tiny. Some of them are pretty elaborate. Some of them are going to be in longer episodes than this one. <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with the spirit lights, the paranormal lights. Yeah, I see those quite often. And a lot of times, even, you know, a lot of when I was a kid, a lot as a teenager, um, a lot in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, boom, you know, it just keeps on happening. So even just a couple weeks ago, I will find myself lying in bed, half asleep, ready to join the dream world adventures. And I can faintly hear like a voice in the room. And sometimes it's just like one word, like something weird, like, uh, sometimes it is very specific, like, hello. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, hello. How, how are we today? This is what I'm thinking in my head to myself and to whoever's talking to me. And it's just tiny little words like, um, what was the last word that I heard? Oh, we're here. There's another one that's cool and creepy for people who don't normally hear that. But for me, I'm like, oh, yay, the party can start now. Um, So sometimes when I hear that, like when I heard that we are here, uh, I'll open my eyes and the room is dark. Okay, it's it's nighttime. And I could have been asleep and woken up at like three in the morning. Sometimes that's when this stuff happens too. And so I'm looking around the room and I'm trying to get any kind of visual of something is happening. If I need to pay attention with my real eyes and not my mind's eye. And I will catch little glimpses of these lights that will flicker and kind of fade in and out around the room. And a lot of times what will happen is once the lights start, you almost see like this ripple in reality. I don't know how to explain it, but you can tell that the screen that you're looking at, which is, you know, uh, the life behind your eyes is suddenly moving and the movement is coming in waves and it's vibrating. And it's almost like if you were watching your movie on a movie theater screen, the screen would be moving and you're just expecting the middle of it to tear open (laughs) and these demogorgons to pop out at you or something. Like I'm always trying to stay awake so that I can just see what is trying to peek in at me or what is about to open. So I can tell the the room is no longer uh, stationary. The room is moving. The room is vibrating. Um, things are kind of floating in like an abyss type feeling. Now, I feel still at the beginning. And then in the end, I am even floating up and down in this rhythm with all of the lights and the vibration of reality. And this is where I wait to see if there's more communication. Sometimes there's not. And sometimes what'll happen is it'll instantly send me to sleep. It's like I could snap my fingers 
and I'm asleep. But as soon as I'm asleep, I'm aware that I'm asleep. It's it's similar to like a lucid dream. And in my dream, I'm like setting the scene for communications with whoever. So last time I think this happened to me, my grandma popped in and I had a reality dream where I'm communicating with my grandma. Now, <laughs> a little bit about my grandma. <laughs> This is my dad's mom. So this is Grandma Wade on dad's side. And she was a feisty, feisty lady. She was kind of mean and nasty to some people. I, you know, people get old and crotchety. She was like that before she was even old. But she was never mean to me. I was like the lucky one of the family. Um, she loved me. She loved my husband. She loved my kids. Like she was so gracious and nice uh, to us. And I was always very thankful for that, that we did have that connection because she did not have that with everybody else. So I always felt like grandma could tell me the craziest shit. And I was there to listen. Um, but grandma came forward and the scene was, I am in my parents' backyard and it's almost like wintertime and there's all these kids playing in the backyard and there's snow on the ground, but it's not cold. And they're picking up snowballs and they're throwing them at each other. And grandma is out there playing with all these kids, which is not like she was good with us kids. But um, when she was younger, she was always outside, you know, mowing the yard and doing all kinds of shit, very physically active. But this time she just had this glow about her. She looked younger. She had a new hairstyle. Um, and so as soon as she saw me, she was all excited and came over and, you know, gave me a hug. And I was like, hey, grandma, I miss you. You know, we had a little chat. And then she looks at me and she winks and she says, you know, there really isn't a place that you go to when you're bad after you die. And like laughed <laughs> and then turned to go play with the kids again. And I... <laughs> started laughing because immediately I knew that she was like, you can tell everybody else in the family that I didn't go to hell. <laughs> so, and I was super excited because I was like, yes, grandma just gave me some insight that there's no hell. So I was totally at ease with this. She was so happy playing and she looked great and her energy was amazing. And when I woke up, I just felt like such a relief and so thankful that I got to see and talk to her. So that almost gives me another insight into the afterlife that can happen for you. Now, I'm still a little torn on the whole health thing because I have had conversations with people that did die, had a near-death experience, and went to hell. And this sounds terrifying, uh, the way they explained it to me. And it always makes me wonder, what the fuck did you do to go to hell? Like, is this, I don't feel like hell is like a prison sentence. Like they try to use it as in, you know, Christianity and the religious aspect to it. What if this is a self-serving type of experience where you have to shed all those evil or 
bad intentions or thoughts or actions is just a shedding process? I don't know for sure. Like I'm going to dive into more hell stories because they're so conflicting in all these different areas. I don't personally feel like people get sent there just because they make a mistake even like really big bad mistakes. That's what we're here to do. The whole reason we're existing is to experience this reality and to learn from it. So I, and and if the whole option for Christianity is that all you have to do is ask for forgiveness and you can go hang out with all the people that you murdered in heaven, what kind of shit is this? So I don't really know the exact rules on how you can (laughs) get into certain locations after death. I mean, think about it. If it's anything like life, You were born, like, look, I was born in Iowa, okay? I popped out in Iowa in this reality. But look at how many other places and options I you could have been born into. I mean, millions. This is probably what it's like in the next life. There's not, you don't fucking get two, three options here. That's ridiculous. I mean, thank you, Grandma, once again for reassuring me. that you are not in hell. (laughs) So I, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the time that we have spent here together. I know that this was one of the episodes I was really looking forward to because I love to share uplifting and amazing evidence of experiences that people have had that will broaden your your reality and it'll broaden your understanding of what is happening in the universe on so many different levels. So I can't wait to tell you guys more on all of the awesome episodes coming up on the next Access Elysium podcast.